Well, all right. Welcome back uh, or welcome to this podcast on the Colorado football program. My name is Trevor Monroe. And in this episode, I'm going to go through a spring report or some analysis that I've done. I'll do that for the offense, for the defense, and each position group. And before I get into that, I'll just talk about some uh, headlines or storylines as the Buffs start their spring practices, which is uh, Wednesday, March 30th. And this is an important offseason for Car- Coach Durrell and the program. Uh, he has already made some significant changes, including six new hires and a complete, almost complete makeover of the offensive coaching staff. Four of those five assistants have been replaced. And I think kind of the state of play as I go into the spring, uh, you know, it was a historically poor offense last year. It was a four and eight season. Um, but despite that, I do think there were signs of, uh, recovery. You know, they did some really good things in those last five games, the Oregon state win, Washington win. they played, uh, Utah tough, uh, at least UCLA for the first half was, they looked good, turned into a boat race, but I think we definitely saw improvements in the offensive line. We saw a more consistent performance out of the QB, Brennan Lewis. We saw a lot of young players, Nico Reed and uh, Devin Grant, Alvin Williams, get on the field. They look good. And I think the Buffs played uh, with relatively good morale and uh, with with effort throughout. So there are some, I guess, green shoots to, to build on from last season. Um, one of the, I guess storylines I'd like to, to mention or let's see how, see how things turn out. But I think we'll get more dividends from year two of the strength and conditioning program. This is coach Shannon Turley's second year. And, um, you know, I've listened to some interviews of him and some of the other players, but I think one thing that uh, he mentioned, which makes sense, is that in the second year, he doesn't have to spend as much time introducing the concepts, the philosophy, techniques, et cetera. So hopefully the buffs will hit the ground running. We'll see um, greater returns in, in strength and in speed. You know, he preaches injury prevention and a lot of things they do to increase flexibility, to increase mobility are all about keeping players on the field and making them stronger football players, not just, um, not just, you know, power lift. Uh, so let's, let's keep an eye on that. Hopefully we've got some buffs that need to lose weight doing that. And some that need to, uh, put on some uh, quality pounds are doing that too. All right. It's been an active off season, probably the most turnover in program history. They, have added 30 players to date. Uh, that includes uh, 21 or so uh, high school signees, three JUCO transfers, and five uh, D1 transfers. So to make room for all that, they had to have some attrition. Not all of it was good. We lost seven starters, so those gaps will be hard to fill. Um, and they're probably not done. They're going to add probably up to 33, 34 players this off cycle. So they can do that because there's some exceptions because of uh, uh, transfer exceptions. You get seven extra scholarships. And I think they had one holdover carryover uh, from last year. Uh, Another headline, Sanford's coach, Mike Sanford, his new offensive system. um, I think 
when he was first hired, there was some knock, you know, that he wasn't the most exciting hire, but I actually think it's a really quality hire. And I did some digging into the numbers over the six years that he's been an offensive coordinator. And let me tell you, it's not too shabby. Um, I'll walk through some of those uh, numbers, but you can dig into them in more detail. But basically the story is by some measures like the PFF offense measure, for example, uh, or the, um, the FEI, the efficiency index measured by football outsiders, some of these composite measurements, if you look at what he averaged over the six years and you put that in rank order, so he averaged about 32 out of 130 programs. That's not bad. Those same measurements, the buffs were something like 112, I think, last year. So we'll, I'll take it. That's probably a, you know, a three or four factor improvement if we can at least take get to his baseline and some of those uh, measurements. Uh, but he does have his work cut out for him. So I think from a scheme or, or just uh, kind of things that will characterize his new offense, I take this from some of his interviews, from some Carl Durrell's interviews, but it's going to be multiple meaning it'll be different formations, pro style, West Coast, RPOs, maybe even some spread. Cole Patterson, tight ends coach, uh, comes from a spread background, and he is the uh, passing coordinator. But it will be physical. It will, you know, I like to think it might be a little bit like what the Stanford offenses looked like in Christian McCaffrey's days. Uh, Mike Sanford was there. He was the quarterback's coach during that time, as was Turley. So I think that kind of shaped some of their thinking. Let me read a quote by Mike Sanford. It's, we need to be creative to find a niche to win this year. We need to start by making sure we can run the football and that the passing game complements what we do formationally with the running game. So sounds like everything will have a, a rhyme and a reason. They'll try to use formations and run out of similar formations, use variations both in running and passing games. So I think he knows what he's doing. I think Carl Durrell knows what he's doing. And They've got a good complimentary, uh, good set of energy with the new coaches, offensive line, the wide receivers coach. I really like what they bring to the table. So, um, so I'm looking forward to it. It's spring after all, and uh, why not be hopeful in spring? But uh, from here, I'll get into the uh, offense and then the defense position by position break breakdowns. All right, let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, that's where the uh, biggest issues arose. If you follow my logic that, you know, they just weren't able to stay on the field. They uh, tired the defense out, et cetera. So, so we know the offense last year was uh, one of the poorest in generations, arguably um, probably since the 60s. They haven't had uh, an offense, at least statistically, that was that bad. And, and what I'll do, I'll try to give some context, uh, with the offense just broadly by the numbers. So, you know, the bad and the good and discuss the biggest pain points. And I'll use that similar, I guess, structure, uh, but go into a little bit more depth when I get into the position groups. Um, okay. So just Broadly, I guess, speaking, the offense returns about 64% of its production statistically, those who took snaps uh, from last year. And that translates into 
uh, five or maybe six, if you count part-time starters or co-starters that return this year. Um, we do have an entirely new offensive staff, so keep that in mind. I think it'll be a very competitive spring at each uh, position, especially on offense, starting with the quarterback position. Um, and going on down the line. So just uh, from a high level, the the statistical production last year was uh, nothing to, to behold. That's for sure. It was uh, pathetic. I will just give a few numbers. And if you're interested, you can go to the report that I produced uh, to find more of these. Um, but I'll just, I'll just give the numbers in terms of where the buffs ranked in the FBS um, football. So there are 130 teams in FBS. So in yards per game, uh, the buffs ranked 128. So right there at the bottom. In average time of possession, they ranked 122nd. Uh, in pass success rate, they ranked 125. That's, uh, you know, better than I think the service academies in New Mexico. On third down conversion rate, they ranked 119th. And then uh, on the professional football focus grade, so that takes every snap, every player, and just aggregates it up, they ranked uh, 115. So um, these numbers are, are not good. The, I guess if you're an optimist, there's probably nowhere to go uh, but up, hopefully. Um, but surprisingly, there are a few good uh, statistics, and I find this very interesting. So in the red zone, so the Buffs didn't get to the red zone a lot, so it's a smaller sample size than other teams, but they were actually ranked third in all of FBS in terms of scoring efficiency in the red zone inside the 25. That's pretty impressive. Likewise, the turnover rate was really impressive. Uh, they were ranked four in all college football and actually the best in power five. So um, go figure. But those are, I think, important indicators. And the buffs were actually really, really, really good in those two areas, despite being extremely poor in most every other category. So I guess my theory is that the biggest problems were rooted in uh, poor quarterback play and poor pass protection. And I mean poor, really poor. And when you combine both of those things, they kind of, uh, I don't know, amplify each other, right? Um, so for example, Brennan Lewis held on the ball 3.18 seconds on average. That was his average time to throw. And ideally that should be around 3.7 or less because that's where the average sack time is. So you're asking a lot of your, uh, line already to begin with if uh you know if you're over 2.7 seconds and we had a poor line and and we had a quarterback who couldn't get the ball out of his hands i think some of that improved as the season went on it was some somewhere close to, i think it was over four in the first game over four seconds and obviously you know some play designs have something to do with this and scrambling and so forth but um i think uh just watching these games, we a lot of us felt or could, uh, it was obvious that um, he needed to read the defenses better, and maybe he did uh, toward the latter half of the season, but that was a problem. 
And because of this, because of these two problems, opposing defenses didn't have to respect the pass so much, right? So they could um, actually put pressure on the QB with three-man fronts. They didn't have to blitz. And they could keep, you know, a man or two back in coverage uh, to keep coverage robust, but still get pressure on the quarterback. So that was that that makes things hard on offensively. Secondly, they could crowd the box, which they did bring safeties closer to the line of scrimmage, different you know linebackers into the box to clog up the running lanes. Um, so those are the biggest pain points. I think those things had knock on effects to other um, areas of the game, right? They, uh, they couldn't convert on third down. They couldn't stay on the field and put more pressure on the defense. So um, I will get into the position groups right now, and I think it uh, the offensive line is as good a place as any to start. That's probably where the road to recovery uh, begins. And Coach Sanford, uh, offensive coordinator, said he wants a physical team. Uh, they've hired Coach Kyle Devan, uh, who helped Michigan last year win the Joe Moore Award, which is for the nation's best offensive line. So he's on the job. I think they got the right man. Uh, Devan uh, strikes me as a teacher. Uh, he is really good at interviews. I've seen a few, one of his clinics, or at least part of it. Uh, so he's a technician. Uh, he does want to improve the physicality of the unit. I do believe uh, he's just very cerebral, uh, comes across as uh, cerebral. So I think he'll get a cohesive uh, kind of a line and really, uh, really make an impact on the unit. At least um, that's my, that's my spidey sense. Uh, he does have some gaps in the middle of the line to fill. So Colby Purcell and Kari Kutch, our center and left guard, both uh, were seniors. They've graduated and moved on. They were actually our most consistent and productive offensive linemen last year. Uh, but on average, I think it's true. I think I've, I think there's some analysis to support this, that it's generally easier to replace the interior uh, lineman. It probably gets some argument from that, especially at center. That's an important position. So I don't want to discount it. But I think it's harder to find uh, really good tackles out there. It's hard to find really good any you know linemen in general in the portal. But I think tackle uh, is more challenging. So... We do return both starting tackles, uh, Frank Phillip, right tackle, and Jake Wiley, left tackle. It's possible Frank might move over to left tackle. He was in the process of doing that last spring before he got injured. Um, and Jake Wiley, who I think has a lot of promise, uh, kind of had to go through it to grow through it last year. He was thrown into kind of trial by fire, and obviously there was some uh, issues. Maybe some of them were technical, but I think he has the athleticism and kind of the prototype uh, offensive line, tackle body to be successful. Uh, whether or not he maintains a position, a starting spot this year remains to be seen. He will have some competition. Uh, the Buffs brought in Alabama transfer Tommy Brown, who will probably be in the mix at one of those tackle spots, but he did play guard. Uh, at Alabama. So if not tackle, he will compete for that, probably that left guard position. Um, also returning is Casey Roddick. I think he's solid looking like he's, um, uh, you know, staying in shape in the off season. Uh, so Kyle Devan kind of has that core to work with and he has um, several other uh, 
players kind of waiting in the wings. I'll get into that in a second. Um, that I think can fill those interior positions. They won't have to go to the portal for that. Um, but just to give a sense of where the line is or was at last at the end of last season, in terms of a couple of those advanced statistics, like the professional football focus one, again, this is every snap, every player, they rate them. In the pass block uh, category as an aggregate statistic, the buffs ranked 118 out of 130 teams. Another interesting statistic is opportunity rate. This is published by Football Outsiders. And this looks at those opportunities, uh, run opportunities to gain at least four yards. And it's a proxy kind of did the line give uh, the team an opportunity, the running backs or quarterbacks, an opportunity to gain four yards on that play. And in this category, the answer is a resounding no, because the buffs were ranked 129. So we really need to do a much better job in that, in that measurement. Um, another statistic that is called the power success rate uh, statistic. This is by football outsiders. Um, this is short yardage situations where there's two yards to gain and the buffs ranked 93 in that category. So a uh, lot of work to do, a lot of problems up front, both pass blocking and run blocking. But uh, as the season went on, um, the buffs did improve last year. So some of these numbers were really impacted by the performance in the first uh, six, seven games. So um, so I'll talk about the pain points. I'll talk about kind of the speculation on the starters and, and some breakout players. And then I'll give a forecast, like a weather forecast, what I think, uh, you know, what I think where they're at and where they're going this spring as a position group. All right. So the pain points, uh, well, we can see it's everywhere, but tackle performance, we really need to improve that. We need depth there. We need to find two quality starters there that needs to be fixed. Then center uh, is a really important position. We need to find out this spring if we have someone on the staff who can step into that role. As far as breakout players to watch, I think Noah Fenske is one of those. He was a transfer from Iowa last year. He did get some snaps um, at center in the Minnesota game. So my hunch is that that's where he will probably compete uh, along with Austin Johnson. Now, Austin Johnson, I think in 2020, was poised to step in as the starter, or at least he was competing hard for that. And he went down with an Achilles injury. So he was out last year, but he's back. So keep an eye on those two, see if they step in. Um, and as far as I think projected starters at this point entering spring, it's probably Jake Wiley, Frank Phillip at the tackles, uh, Casey Roddick, Noah Fenske, and Tommy Brown. Those are probably the top five. Um, and others in the mix will be Gerard Christian Lichtenhan, he's a sophomore, 6'10", tackle. They call him Tank. Not sure if he's quite ready yet. Carson Lee, he looks like he looks the part of a center, that's for sure. He's had some off-field issues, but he will be practicing this spring. Alex Harkey is a JUCO transfer. I'm not sure if he's on campus yet. I don't think he is. He'll be here this summer. But they do have an early enrollee, Travis Gray, uh, who is a freshman. Um, who will also be, see what he's made of. Uh, 
All right, I think that's it for the offensive line. Let's get into the next pain point, which is quarterback. Uh, so entering spring practice, the room is actually in much better shape than it was last year. Uh, last year, they had two scholarship quarterbacks, both one redshirt freshman, one freshman. Um, and they've added Maddox Cop, who is a transfer from Houston. He's a big kid with a big arm, a kid that they almost had out of high school, but he went to Houston, he redshirted there, and now he's with us. He's already on campus, so he'll get a chance to compete for the depth chart. Um, we have Oki Salvea. He's a early enrollee, a freshman. He may or may not stick at quarterback. He could have possibly also moved to the defense or another position, but he will start at quarterback to begin with. Um, so we also have Drew Carter who comes back. He is a sophomore and that gives us at least five uh, scholarship quarterbacks. Actually, there'll be a six uh, Owen McCowan. He won't be here. He's a freshman, uh, but he won't be here until next fall camp. Um, so getting to the, the, the competition, it's most likely between Brennan Lewis and JT Shroud. And at this point, Brennan actually has more collegiate experience uh, than JT Shroud does. Uh, we know that Brennan Lewis has issues with time to throw, average depth of target. Uh, hopefully both of those two things um, improve with time and experience, uh, familiarity with the system. Uh, but again, he does have to learn a new offense, as does JT Shroud and the rest of the quarterbacks. Uh, otherwise, uh, he did have a pretty good accuracy. Um, he took care of the ball, didn't throw interceptions. He is a running threat, although we didn't see as much of that as maybe we possibly could have last year just because the, the depth issue. Um, but he needs to work on his, uh, not just his release, getting the ball out faster, but he could really benefit from a stronger arm, different types of throws that he can make those intermediate passes, um, kind of open things up deeper. A lot of his stuff is is short and underneath. JT Shroud is kind of um, stronger in areas where uh, Brennan is weaker. If you could put the two together, I think you'd have a pretty amazing quarterback. Uh, he he has some experience. He's played a handful of games in 2020 and uh, 2019, I believe, as well. Uh, a couple of those were starts. A lot of it was mop-up or just getting into the game late or whenever, but he does have a quick release. We saw that last spring. He has a powerful arm. He can make some of those throws, almost all the throws the quarterbacks need to make. Um, I wouldn't say he's a running threat, but he is, he is mobile. And if you look at his grades for the you know time that he was in, they're comparable actually to Brendan Lewis. They're both in the sixties in PFF grade. So it should be uh, kind of, the competition will be rebooted. I don't expect it to be settled in spring. Um, JT Shrout, for one, he's not a full participant in spring. Uh, but secondly, I doubt they're going to name a starting quarterback. That would not be smart um, until fall. So um, development on both of their sides may be slowed by you know the adoption of a new system and every thing that they need to learn as far as the variations and new playbook. Um, 
but I also think it will be a better system for them just for what it's worth. The coaches have more experience. They're probably going to be able to evaluate what they have and tailor that accordingly. So, um, the pain points, the biggest pain points, I guess I'm looking to see improvement are the time to throw the average depth of target, just to open up a more intermediate, uh, passing game and just more explosive plays getting downfield and so forth. So, um, uh, for a breakout watch, I guess, uh, I guess it'd be Maddox cop. He, uh, we'll see what he's made of. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks the depth chart, at least the three deep. Um, and yeah, the, the starters, I, I, I guess the presumed starter at this point would be, would be Brennan Lewis. It's his job until probably they name a starter in the fall. And at that point, I will see, uh, I think, uh, Last year it was probably JT Shrout uh, before he got injured. We'll see. We'll see how it fleshes out this year. Um, but they got to fix the quarterback position uh, one way or another. All right, moving on. Wide receivers. So we have an exciting new coach, Phil McKagan. Uh, he comes from the professional ranks, and he's really, I think, bringing a, a different kind of energy and. Uh, focus to the position. Um, I like what we have in him, but he will have, uh, you know, he'll have to work with the room that he has, which is without Brendan Rice, uh, Chenault, and Dimitri Stanley. Those three hit the portal. They were the starters last year, although Chenault was suspended for most of the year, but uh, that's a lot of talent. Um, they were responsible for almost half of the production statistically and, um, and they're gone. Uh, however, the room is still, uh, full of prospects and I'll, I'll actually also experience. So just going through, uh, some of the names, Daniel Arias, he actually led all receivers and snaps last year and deep targets. So he's probably the, the one receiver who has a uh, deep threat, or proven deep threat capability. He's a big body. He's fast. Um, I also like Montana Monius Craig. He was a, he was a playmaker last year. He's consistent, great attitude. Um, Chase Penry likewise really uh, was, I think, mature for a freshman, uh, developed for a freshman. So both those, both those players are, are, are ready. I think to step into starting roles and they played a lot last year. Ty Robinson was also a freshman. He looked good when he uh, had the ball in his hands. He uh, he was a mostly a basketball player in high school, so I think he's still kind of room to got room to develop, and we'll see where he goes. But he's got a big vert, um, I think a bigger receiver, six three ish. Uh, so there's you know he's a, he's a prospect. We'll see if he takes the next step. Um, but we all, I think, can rest easier that we do have somebody uh, that is established, a veteran who's already proved, you know, he's one of the, you know, solid number one receiver in the Big 12, and that's R.J. Snead. He's a transfer from from Baylor. So uh, he he's on campus. He almost certainly will take one of those uh, one or two spot uh, starting jobs. And... 
We're not done with veterans, actually. So Maurice Bell and Jalen Jackson, they were both sidelined last year with injuries, but they play, they've they played um, in years past. And Maurice Bell's a, a smooth player. Um, don't have any problems with his game. We'll see if he's at full speed. He, both of these guys may still be sidelined in the spring. I'm not sure. Uh, Jalen Jackson's also flashed, a fast player. He was a high re- highly recruited player out of high school. He could also step into that slot position, at least if not starting, um, possibly number two. Um, I think Grant Page is the only other scholarship receiver uh, on campus. He's a freshman. He's an early enrollee, but he most likely will not uh, practice because he's recovering from an injury. So looking at the pain points, I don't think there are a lot. I think we're we're in good shape. We've got a great coach. He's got bodies to work with. He's got talent to work with, and we have experience. Uh, maybe one thing we don't have outside of Arias, we really don't have anyone who's proven to kind of take the top off the defense, a real, you know, super fast, deep threat. Uh, but otherwise I think we're in good shape. The breakout list. Uh, so Montana, Lamonius Craig, Chase Penry, Ty Robinson, I think could, could break out this year. Um, but the starters, I would say at this point, are probably uh, Daniel Arias, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig at the slot, and RJ Sneed. Uh, so I would give this forecast a partly sunny, and it looks good. Actually, I don't know if I gave gave the forecast for the um, for the other two groups, but just in case I didn't, I would say. At quarterback, it's partly cloudy. <laughs> uh, we just need to see how things turn out. Maybe maybe the sun will break through by the end of spring, especially if Cop shows up and you know Brennan Lewis takes next step and 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 JT Shrouds healthy and and ready to compete. On offensive line, I would say that is partly cloudy. There's you know you got to see if we've got two people to fill the the interior positions and we got to fix the tackle position. All right, let's get to the tight end. So uh, here we have half of our production returning in Brady Russell. Uh, He led actually not just the tight end group, but the entire team in receptions and receiving uh, last season. So he's back for his senior season. Uh, He is uh, one of the team leaders, team captains, and um, he'll have also a big role, I think, to help bring the others along. So we lost uh, the other starting position, Matt Lynch. Um, he's a senior, but we have three, actually four freshmen, sophomores that have not played, but will have an opportunity to, to compete for that starting spot. And we also need not just one, but we need a couple of those guys, all of those guys to step up to provide depth. So um, what's interesting is the new tight ends coach, uh, Cole Patterson, is also the passing game coordinator. Also interesting, he comes from a, a spread background. So uh, we'll see how that kind of f- meshes with Samford. And the two of them actually, you know, they were uh, at Minnesota last year where Minnesota was one of the most RPO heavy teams in the country. So uh, the tight end will be featured uh, in this offense for sure. And we could get see some creative use of the tight end this year. Um, 
the pain point is just depth. We don't know what we have behind Russell, but Russell is probably uh, one of the better tight ends, at least solid tight end in the Pac-12. And we know what we have. We have a high floor with him. Um, and he's faster than uh, than I think we give him credit for. And he just does, does the things that need to be done. So um, as long as we can get a few, few guys to step up, we should be in good shape. Uh, and those breakout players are Kaleeb Fourier, uh, the son of Christian Fourier, former buff great tight end. Eric Olson, big cat out of Heritage. Um, Austin Smith, uh, he has some track in his background. I don't think he's played a lot of football, still learning the tight end position. And then Luis Passarello. Uh, so I guess if I were to project starters right at this point, it's probably, I don't know, it's a toss-up. Brady Russell for sure. And I'd say, um, let's go with Kaleeb Fourier for now. But uh, we do need probably three or four tight ends in the system, um, in the rotation. So all these guys really need to step up. All right, turning to the running backs. Uh, here we are thin. We have three scholarship players. Uh, the good news we have Darian Hagan. He survived another set of coaching, I guess, this revamp, let's call it. Uh, but he's been around, I don't know, at least three for three head coaches, probably more than that. Um, but he's retained his position. Uh, the challenge will be to um, kind of keep these guys healthy. But Alex Font Fontenot um, is back. He's a proven back. He's done well in 2000. Uh, was it 19? He was injured in 20 and um, he was co-starter last year, also co-starter in 19. So he's a solid, you know, number one, number two. Uh, Dion Smith uh, had 53 carries last year and production didn't uh, go down, at least grade-wise. It's right there with Alex Fontenot. Uh, but some of his uh, stats are probably influenced because he got in the late, some games at least late, like UNC and racked up some numbers, but, uh, Jaylee stacks didn't get much attempts at all. He was used in the blocking sense early. He's a different type of back, more of a power back. He can also catch the ball. Um, but he only had one carry last year. I remember it actually it was, uh, it was not pretty, but, um, I think the staff, uh, last year, last spring were, were pretty high on him. Um, but, we need help. We need depth and some help is on the way. We have Ramon Jefferson. He's a second team FCS All-American transfer. He'll get here this summer. Uh, he'll be uh, probably stepping into that number one, number two, uh, hopefully replacing some of the production we lost with Jarek Broussard, who's now at Michigan State. We have a freshman, maybe a pair of freshmen joining. So Victor Venn, he will be on campus next fall or in the summer. And then Anthony Hankerson is another freshman who really looks good on, on film, but currently he's uh, slated a gray shirt, but they could decide to activate him if they need it. And I do think they'll need at least five running backs. So that's, that's a strong possibility. Uh, it's also possible they may hit the portal. So partly sunny here. I think we don't have, maybe it's just like partly cloudy just because it's so, um, thin right now with three scholarship players, but I'm confident this, this is one area where we're going to find, we're going to find players who can step in. Um, so that's the, that's the depth. 
uh, yeah, in Alex Fontenot, I would say he's the he and Ramon Jefferson are probably the top two starters in this uh, in this group. Okay, I think I will uh, stop here, and we'll turn to the defense next. All right, now we're going to turn to the defense, and uh, this is actually the second year of Coach Wilson's uh, system as a defensive coordinator, and I thought the defense came out of the gates really strong. It was a real strength of the team. Um, they did have some injuries, some key injuries, but I also think they didn't benefit at all. They didn't get any help from the offense who had really trouble staying on the field and left the defense unrested, overexposed, and so forth. So their stats do not look good. We'll get into some of that, but um, they do return uh, 73% of production from last year. So that's pretty good considering they lost six starters. Um, but there are a lot of players that played last year and, and will, be back, will be back this year. They do need to improve in every dimension, um, need to be more physical, uh, better technically, better tacklers, and I think uh, just play smarter with better instincts quicker. Um, some of this hopefully should come from seasoning, just another year in the system, uh, kind of getting it into their DNA and being able to play with more instinct. Uh, Coach Wilson hired a few new coaches. He has Gerald Chapman, who coached at LSU last year and was going to coach at Tulane this year but decided to come to the Buffs. Uh, he'll be coaching the defensive line. And then Rod Chance uh, is the new cornerbacks coach. He comes from Oregon. So let me just run through a few numbers uh, to give you a sense of what uh, the defense looked like last year. So starting with yards per game, 436. That ranked 101st in the country in FBS. Um, as far as passing yards, they ranked 79 average passing yards a game. In terms of uh, sack rate, they ranked 127th. So that is a number that really needs to improve. PFF coverage, uh, they ranked 105. So this is not just the defensive backs, but coverage for linebackers and everyone else. Uh, that needs that will be a, a pain point, especially considering we lost um, two corners and one safety. Uh, the takeaway rate ranked 101, and tackling ranked 95. The average points per game was actually was ranked was 28 points per game. That ranked 77th. So. That's actually not bad considering how poor the, the other um, statistics are. So there's, I think, an argument for bend but don't break. There were a few uh, bright spots. One, the defensive side, they, they did really well. They ranked 25th in defensive touchdowns. And just like the offense, they really did good in the red zone. So they ranked 18th in red zone defense. So... Uh, Go figure it. I guess they, for ha being so poor in these other categories, both on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, the buffs are really good in the red zone. So hopefully that bodes well for things to come. Um, so the biggest pain points, I think that they need to improve. They, they need to get better at pass rush. They need to improve the turnover rate. 
coverage, as I mentioned, is really going to be tricky one this year. And then tackling, uh, those are probably, uh, there's, there's more, but, uh, I, I think those are probably the, my top four, um, that they need to focus on before next fall. Uh, okay. Let's jump into the trenches, just like we did on offense. Let's start with the defensive line. Um, so the new coach, Gerald Chapman, he actually inherits, uh, more production, returning production this year than any other unit, save for a quarterback. Um, he's got a good you know, top three or four linemen. So Jalen Sammy, um, big body on the interior. He's a pro prospect. You got Darrence Lang, prototype NFL body, defensive end. He he returns. It's a senior year. Naeem Rodman, he was one of the more consistent defensive linemen last year. He returns. He's an interior lineman. And then Janaz Jordan, also an interior lineman, who had a couple of starts, I don't think last year, but the year before. So uh, the top tier is really uh, as good as any in the Pac-12. We'll see what happens with the rest of the rotation. We probably need six to nine uh, uh, defensive linemen, defensive ends in the in the rotation. Um, so there are some question marks. Jeremiah Doss, he was injured last year. He comes back as a senior and not sure if he's full go yet. We also have Justin Jackson. He really hasn't made a statistical uh, impact, but he comes back also, I believe, as a senior. Um, and then there's a group of three redshirt freshmen. Hopefully one or more of those guys are ready to step in. We'll need it. And if we don't get it, then probably need to turn to the portal. But uh, in terms of uh, performance last year, uh, let's – just call it a few things. Like I said, the sack rate for the defensive line, it was really poor overall. It was 127th for the, for the defensive line. The um, Just the, the average line yards, uh, they ranked 100th. In power, power success rate, so these are short yardage situa situations, mostly running situations, they ranked 113. Um, so, so lots of room for improvement. Um, the biggest pain point I think are the, the sack rate and, uh, the depth in the, in the, the rotation. We need somebody to step up, uh, from those, those group of three redshirt freshmen. So keep an eye as far as breakout players. Ryan Williams is a player who's been consistently mentioned. He's a big guy, 6'5", um, by both players and coaches. Tyus Martin, another big kid on the interior. He was highly rated before he broke his back his senior year. Um, he's, uh, I think he goes probably 6'2", 320 or so. Um, but there's that question of you know how, how strong he'll come back from that uh, injury. Chance Maine. Uh, is also a question mark. Not sure if he's going to be an outside linebacker, kind of edge type, or play a little bit uh, more interior defensive end. I'm guessing he's probably more of a defensive end just because we have so many uh, outside linebackers. Um, but it's an important spring for new coach uh, Chapman and Coach Wilson. They really need to do some evaluation. Um because they probably need to hit the portal. This might be one area where that there's those three to four positions, roster positions they have left 
might be well spent on a you know, seasoned defensive lineman. So the starters, I think, are looking at Terrence Lang, Naeem Rodman, Jalen Sammy. Uh, okay, let's go next to outside linebackers. Uh, pretty good news here. You know, we did lose arguably the best defensive player, Carson Wells. He'll be heading to the NFL next year. But other than that, everyone else returns, and they, uh, I, I think we're, we're too deep. We'll see. Uh, Guy Thomas was injured, I think, half the season, but in when he was healthy, he looked pretty good. He re- actually had the most snaps last year, uh, probably the most physical ed rusher, edge rusher, um, but also did, did good in run defense as well. Uh, he was exposed in that Texas A&M game in uh, pass coverage. Joshka, Joshka, Gustav, uh, I like his game. He's an all-around player. He can cover. He can also uh, pass rush. He played most of the season. I think he was nicked up maybe early, but also definitely late. So I'm not sure if he's full speed. Actually, I think he's back, yeah, uh, for spring. Uh, Jamar Montgomery looked good statistically when he got in there, uh, especially in the pass rush, which I didn't expect, but... Uh, he's back. Um, but as far as pain points, I would say the pass rush is the, uh, the biggest thing with this group and pass coverage, I would say is also below par, but we, of the returners, we have only two sacks total. So I think Thomas has a sack and, uh, Yoshka has a sack. Uh, really love to see this position where we get, you know, a 10 sack guy or at least <laughs> share them amongst them, but we, we got to get more production sack wise. Um, but what I really like, and one of the reasons I think this position group is in such good shape, we've got some great prospects kind of waiting in the wings. One of them is Devin Grant. He's a redshirt freshman. He got into some action late uh, last year against Washington, against Utah. He really looks good. I really like Alvin Williams. Likewise, against the Washington game, he had a, a really good game. I think he was—he wasn't as credited for a few hurries, and if he would have been, I think his grades would have been slightly better. Um, but keep an eye on both those guys. There's a few few times in that Washington game they're both on the field, and that that made me happy. They're they're athletic, they're big, they really uh, look like they're going to be great buffs, and glad to have them around. Okay, so I think it's Guy Thomas, Yoshka Gustav as the starters. Uh, but it will be a lot of competition. There are a few others in the mix. Zion McGalley, uh, redshirt freshman. Ian, Ian Carey, Ioan Carey. Uh, he's an early enrollee. Uh, um, his, who's on campus and who else we have? I think that does it. All right, moving on. Let's go to the linebackers. So inside linebackers. Uh, so obviously lost Nate Lamon, um, one of the Buffs' best players, one of the best uh, inside linebackers uh, we've had in quite some time. But head coach, or sorry, uh, inside linebackers coach Mark Smith uh, returns a room uh, with 60% of last year's production. It was announced that Jack Lamb is going to medically retire. So that's a concern. I think uh, all of a sudden, you know, the depth and, you know, finding uh, two, two quality starters in this room is going to be 
uh, job number one, and they may need to hit the portal. In fact, they've already offered a, a kid out of LSU uh, recently. But it looks like Quinn Perry uh, will probably be um, the play caller. He stepped into those duties in Lamon's ab- absence last year. Robert Barnes, uh, he finished strong last season. Uh, he didn't show so well in pass coverage, but I do think he is a, he is a competent uh, in pass coverage. He was a former safety. Um, um, Marvin Ham is also, uh, I think he's a sophomore, but also very good in coverage or could be very good in coverage. Um, I think he needs to put on probably a few more uh, pounds to be formidable as an inside linebacker. Um, but depth is the biggest pain point. Um, uh, I think Perry especially is going to have challenges in coverage. Um, but if he can get you know faster and I think just smarter in the system, uh, hopefully his instincts improve and he's able to get a step that he needs. Um, but this is looking more like a, a position of need in the portal for sure. As far as breakout players, I, I would look to Marvin Ham and Isaac Hurtado. Both are athletic. Uh, Hurtado is a transfer from JUCO, but he's on campus. Uh, Mr. Williams is also in the mix. Uh, there were some good things said about him by Nate Landman, uh, you know, before he got injured. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. If, if they don't go to the portal following the spring uh, season, I hope that's a good sign that they feel confident in what they have. But I'm going to go with Robert Barnes and Quinn Perry as the uh, projected starters entering the spring. Um, and let's see how things play out. All right, turning to cornerbacks, uh, new coach Rod Chance has his work cut out for him. Uh, this position group was looking to be probably one of the strongest on the team, uh, but things happened. Christian Gonzalez followed Coach Meat to Oregon, and Makai Blackman transferred to USC. Both those guys, no doubt, locked down quarterbacks, probably next level uh, NFL quarterbacks. Uh, so we have Nigel Bethel. Uh, he returns. He was the starting nickelback. He was injured, I think, in the Minnesota game uh, or so. Some, maybe it was Arizona, actually. Um, but he probably is ready to step into one of the starting corner spots. Um, we have uh, a group of young players, including Kayla Moore, Nico Reed, and Tyron Taylor, who uh, showed that they could play. They were all freshmen last year, but they're back. Um, so I think the pain points are, you know, the depth for sure, but we don't have any experienced corners, uh, that have covered the ones and twos on a consistent basis. So, um, a couple other guys to keep an eye on, uh, Joshua Wiggins and Jason Oliver, they're uh, early enrollees. They're back. And Jalen Stryker uh, was injured last year. I think it's his junior season. Uh, he's also in the mix. Uh, but I'm going to go with Nigel Bethel and Nico Reed as the starters. And I'd say partly cloudy. This is a challenging position uh, for the buffs. And it doesn't get any better when we look at safety. Um, I personally think they were already thin at safety as far as a room mark perry transferred out to make matters worse so 
uh, it, generally you need a seasoned uh, back seven, and particularly at safety, if you're going to be a good defense. We do have uh, Isaiah Lewis. He returns. He's solid. He gets the job done. Strong safety. Coach Max is going to need to find somebody for that second spot. Chances are it could be Trevor Woods. Um, he had one start toward the end of last season, but he got nicked up. Uh, he seems to be a big, big play player, at least in high school. A lot of pick sixes on his film. Torn Pittman was at safety. We may see him uh, at corner, but he's 6'4", um, slim frame, but could, uh, could this could be his year. Tyron Taylor, I think uh, he'll either be at corner or maybe free safety is a better position for him. And then uh, we have, I think, Oki Salvea. He's going to start at quarterback, but it's possible he could move to safety at some point this spring. Um, next next fall, we'll have a couple of freshmen to keep an eye on, Dylan Dixon and Javier Smith. But Dixon was the, the highest recruit of the class, so he uh, – he may have an opportunity to play early. Uh, but the forecast here is cloudy. Um, we need a starter. We need depth. And I'd be very surprised if we don't go hit the portal for uh, quality depth or a starter. Um, one more guy to keep an eye on is Jeremy Mack. He's a JUCO transfer. He looks really physical on film. Um, but for now, I'd say it's probably Isaiah Lewis and... Trevor Woods as the projected starters as they enter spring. Um, okay, so that finishes all the whirlwind tour of the position groups. Uh, special teams is the last one. So we end on a positive note here. The Buffs were ranked 24th overall in special teams, uh, one of the efficiency index ratings, which is a composite rating. Same thing in uh, the professional football focus rating. We were uh, one of the best teams in that. I'm not sure what we were, but we were the best in the Pac-12. Not sure in all of FBS. Uh, so I think that's a good sign. You know, it's not just punting and kicking. It's the coverage. It's the um, kickoff return teams, things like that. Uh, so they were able to at least uh, perform above average in one area. Let's see if that carries over to others. As far as the specialist, Cole Becker returns. He's He did a great job last year in his freshman year. We lo lose our punter, so I guess that's the pain point. Can we replace the punter? But I think uh, usually um, that's not uh, as challenging of an issue. So Ashton Logan, he's a freshman, but he's highly recruited. He should be able to uh, step in and uh, do the job. So that's forecast there is pretty good, partly sunny. Okay, so that's it for the, the defensive side. Appreciate you uh, listening. If you're still with us, uh, you can you can uh, check out the show notes. I have a newsletter you can sign up for. It contains uh, a bit more depth and detail than when I went over here. And there you can also link to a, a prospectus report that goes in much greater detail with, with statistics. Um, so spring ball starts March 30th, first to 15 practices. Uh, a couple of those are open uh, to the public April 9th and April 15th. I'll try to get out to one of those and check in uh, sometime during spring practice and then uh, uh, check in after spring practice. I appreciate um, 
the follows and the likes, if you could do that and uh, share this podcast and follow me on Twitter at Trevmon28. You can find all these links in the show notes. Um, I think that's all I have for this time. Spring is is eternal. I'm I'm excited to see uh, the development of this this program. Excited to see the new staff. Hopefully, we make a few smart moves to get three or more uh, pieces into the program. Uh, following spring practice is most likely when we're going to see that. And hopefully, we keep we keep those that are most promising uh, and get them uh, get them spots on this team. Okay, that's it for now. Talk to you soon.